So, if you've got your Bibles, iPads, phones, if you haven't, it's going to be on the screen. We're looking at Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18, the theme, Holy Atmospheres. Are you ready? (laughs) Finally, my brethren, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints." You know, God has created just the right atmosphere for us to breathe, to live, to move, as Paul writes, to have our being. And not just to breathe to exist, but to live well. Not just to move, but to move freely. Not just to have our being, but to have it abundantly. And what's the name of the atmosphere? Air, heaven, I want to call it holy. Holy, holiness. And I just want to start by saying, sometimes we think of the word holy and holiness and think it's beyond us or it's just for a few. This is for everyone. And this message for young and old in this room, I'm talking to the youth as well as those who are youthfully in their 90s. This is For each one of us. And in some ways I want to turn upside down. Inside out. Our understanding of atmospheres. Especially in terms of holiness. And why it's important for us. Not least health and wholeness. But why it's important for us. To pursue and press in. To protect and persevere. To partner with God. Pleasing him. In the holy atmosphere, lives that we live, that he's created for each one of us. Because that is the truth. He has created us to live holy atmospheres and to live in holiness. And so I want us to think about it for a moment. In terms of our physical existence here on earth, we know how important the right atmosphere is for us and for life. And how the gases surrounding a planet determine the condition for life or not. So, for example, here on Earth, where the atmosphere is composed of about 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and 1% of other gases, we know this is what we need to live and to breathe. And when we compromise this sphere, whether it's through pollution, whether it's deforestation, whatever it is, we know the effect it has on every living cell. Similarly, 
in terms of our social and emotional existence. We know how important it is to have the right atmosphere for our interactions with one another. And how surrounding ourselves, for example, in a loving home, loving family, loving environment, it determines the conditions for our growing up. And when that atmosphere is compromised or damaged or broken, we know the effect it has on everyday life. But in terms of our spiritual health and wholeness, I don't think we, including myself, take enough care and attention that is given to the spiritual atmospheres around us. Those that we create and embrace, whether we do it knowingly or unknowingly. And I want us to think about this today. And personally, I feel this is something the Lord wants to reveal to us in a greater measure, how we live our lives and do it. Something that he wants us to be more aware of and more intentional about in our everyday lives, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our church, in our communities, or whatever is going on. And it's interesting to me that, and I think David mentioned this last week, and some of us talked about it, that he's revealing something of his heart for us um, to people all around the world. And we're seeing like pockets of revival kind of bursting up um, uh, everywhere. What's hit the news, and uh, I know David mentioned it, is what's happening in Asbury amongst the students there. Where thousands of young people whose generation, the Gen Z, are so lost in their own identity and purpose. They're literally gathering at this place, falling on their knees in awe and wonder at the holiness of God, who is their father, who loves them. Beautiful, powerful, simple adoration where the holy atmosphere can literally be felt miles away and uh, Duncan and Kate uh, our friends they they went to Asbury they they drove eight hours they queued for five and a half hours they've done a podcast which is I really recommend listening to they queued for five and a half hours to get into church five and a half hours to get into church along with thousands of young people and coming into that place, just sensing the beauty of the holiness of God. Heather was just mentioning um, last night, I don't know details, but some thousand young people met at a meeting in Watford and over 90% of them were teenagers. Any teenagers in the room? A few? Think about it. They're meeting together to meet with God. To be in his presence. This is not for the old. This is not for the clever. This is not for those who've been in church all their lives. This is for those who are hungry. To meet with God. And I believe this message is timely for us all. And as I've been thinking about holy atmospheres, I I kind of feel out of my depth. You know, it's, it's something where I feel we're going to scrape the surface today, but hopefully I can give you some tools that we can apply as we grow in our understanding. But there's so much more. You see, when we look through the Gospels, 
We assess the different situations that we see in the Gospels, the circumstances, the stories, the interactions, the gatherings, Jesus and the disciples and all the people that he comes across. One thing is clear. I mean, there are lots of things that are clear. But one thing stands out. Jesus pursued and he pressed into holiness. Not only that, but he protected and he persevered in holy living. Modeling that to those around us. And not only that, he partnered and he pleased his father in paying attention to these holy atmospheres. And he made a way for us to do the same. So for example, he understood that in a raging storm, as on Lake Galilee, Mark 4, a holy atmosphere meant that he could rest in the midst of it. And he did. While the atmosphere surrounding the disciples was fear, and we can understand that, Jesus was lying down in peace. And get this, he even had to be woken up (laughs) to bring calm into the situation. I was given the melatonin. I don't think they sell it here. Uh, to try and get me to sleep on the plane. And and actually, it kind of worked. And the greater effect was as I was trying to get off the plane, you know, still walking. That wasn't a particularly holy atmosphere, I don't think. But just think about it. Jesus was in a storm and he slept and he had to be woken up. Such was his understanding of peace. That was the atmosphere he carried. Again, he he understood in a hostile environment, as with a woman about to be stoned in John 8, that he could remain in a place of love. And he did. While the atmosphere surrounding the accusers was violence, anger, just waiting to throw these stones in hatred. A holy atmosphere meant that Jesus could kneel down, And speak the truth in love. And transform this woman's fear and possibly guilt into her healing and restoration. And you see the darkness of this hatred had to just literally drop with the stones. And leave in the face of his love and light. And it's interesting the next verse after this encounter Jesus says this. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. See, darkness, the atmosphere has to go when the light of Christ shines. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And when Jesus' ministry and life became so full on, he modeled perfectly what it was to pursue and press into these holy atmospheres by taking himself off to be alone with the Father up a mountain early in the day, early in the morning, day after day, despite being tired, protecting his time with the Father in the secret place. And knowing that as he was partnering with the Father, all things the Father showed him, he did, John 5. The joy and the pleasure this brought the Father, as he says in John 17, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known you that you sent me, and I have declared them your name, and I will declare it, that the love with which you loved me 
may be in them and I in them. You see, where there was fear, Jesus changed the atmosphere and brought hope. Where there was brokenness, Jesus transformed the atmosphere and brought healing. Where everything seemed lost, he came into every sphere again and again and again, and he brought his love and salvation. The holiness he lived and embraced destroyed the ungodliness that he came to rescue and deliver us from. And we see this victoriously completed on the cross. And you see, he did this for our salvation, but also our sanctification. He did this to save us, to rescue us, to reach down, to pull us out of the grip of sin and death. But also he modeled a way for us to live our lives and to do the same. And after his resurrection and the way that he restored the disciples, we see this is what they did and the acts of the apostles doing. In Acts 3, Peter and John, on their way to church, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, that's my interpretation, carrying the holy atmosphere of the Holy Spirit in them. They come to the gate of the temple called Beautiful with a lame man. And this ushered in not only his healing, but also the crowds around them witnessing this, amazed and giving glory to God. Paul and Silas, and this was in one of our Bible readings this week, in the secret place of the prison, despite their bodies aching from being whipped, they transformed the atmosphere around them with their worship, which ushered in not only their rescue, but also the salvation of a whole household. And just as an aside, I was just thinking about this. Have you ever wondered with this story why none of the prisoners fled? And when you actually look at what the prison keeper said in verse 27, there seems to be lots of opportunity for them to have done so. My take on this, the presence of God was so thick in that prison that none of them wanted to leave. Maybe they discovered a freedom like no other. And you see, when we read through the New Testament, there are so many examples and testimonies of what a holy atmosphere looks like. And there's also so much teaching. And so Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, he, he highlights the importance of holy atmospheres in encouraging them in chapter 5, again in our reading, uh, 365 readings, uh, in chapter 5, to, to walk in love. Why? Because that changes the atmosphere around us. To walk as children as light. Why? Because darkness has to flee. To walk circumspectly, not as fools, as, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. To be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Why? Because it changes the holy atmosphere when we do that. And then in chapter 6, the passage I've just read, to be strong in the Lord and to stand firm. Why? 
Because he knows from his own experience. There are ungodly, evil, demonic powers at work. Trying to kill, steal and destroy. The holy atmosphere that God has created us to know and enjoy in him. And so he says to us, putting on the whole armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of preparation for the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, faith, the helmet of salvation, and taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Paul is reminding us of the choice we all have and we have to make to press in and pursue holiness, to protect And persevere in our holy living. And to partner and please God. As we create and embrace the holy atmospheres around us. Just as Jesus taught us to do. The prayer we know so well. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as in heaven. See, Jesus is inviting us to embrace the atmosphere of heaven, the domain of the king of kings, and bring it into the heart of all of our living. He's telling us in this prayer, make room for the glory of God to come in the midst of your worship. He's equipping us to expose darkness and manifest light as we do his will. He's inviting us to release the angelic, to partner with the Father, asking the Father, Father, would you release the angelic in our midst and open the doors to freedom, to withstand all the unholy cultural shifts that move through one generation to the next and to stand firm in truth, in peace, in faith, in salvation and victory. The victory that has been won on the cross for us. You see, it's an invitation into the holiness of heaven so that we can be holy on earth and change the atmospheres around us as we radiate his light and love. Now let's be clear about one thing. A holy atmosphere is the only atmosphere that's going to save this planet. A holy atmosphere is the only atmosphere that's going to save this planet. Which is why the church, the body of Christ is called and chosen to be holy. To embrace holiness. Not just on a Sunday, but every day of the week. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing. In our schools, our workplaces, in the shops, on the streets. In our conversations, in our homes, with what we watch on TV or our computers, and how we behave, even towards those that are against us. 
So how do we do this? When do we do this? Why do we do this? I've got a little diagram that Leandro, you can put this up, which I did in half my sleep yesterday, trying to wake up for my own preach. <laughs> and then I sent it to Nathan, and he's redesigned it, looking beautiful <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> the how at the top. Pursue and press in. And by the way, I haven't got a thing for peas. It just, it just seemed to, uh, and I could actually think of many more as well, but I, I thought I'd keep it at just uh, uh, two each. The how. Pursue and press in. You know, when you're, you're hungry for something, when you want something, when we want something to do, what do we do? Well, we go to the cupboard or we go to the fridge and we help ourselves. And if it's not there, we go out to the shops and we buy that for which we want. And then, you know, if we want a, a car or a piece of jewellery, we may have to save up for it and, and it might take years. But we choose it and we go after it and we purchase it and we use it. You see, whatever it is, when we're hungry for something and whoever it's with there is always a cost otherwise it doesn't really have any value and I think when it comes to holy atmospheres there's a cost to this and the cost is pursuing and pressing in it's not something we can buy for money I mean oh my goodness Although some people think it is. It's not something we can take for granted. It's not something that we can be selective. Yeah, we're going to be holy one minute and unholy the next. And, and think we can mix holiness with unholiness together in our lives. We can't. But there is a cost. And the cost is our choices, our hearts. Our desire. The cost is humbling ourselves before God. The cost is surrendering all of our will. The cost is giving him our worship. Pursuing him and pressing in with everything we have. Not compartmentalizing it or anything like that. But literally saying, here I am Lord, I give you my all. And you know, this is something that God is stirring for Heather and I, our hearts, I think more than I've ever known. I think we both feel we are more hungry for the presence of God than we've ever been. We're longing for more of his presence, his glory, because we know that it's only in that place that lives will be saved and changed. And the cost is... That we know we have to make more time. And set aside time. Worship more together. Pray more together. We have a couple of chairs in our lounge that we call our soaking chairs. I encourage you. Have a place in your home. A seat in your home. Where when you settle into it. That's your special place with the Father. 
and you meet with him and you open his word and you read it and you allow him to speak and you rest and you hear his voice and you rest and you allow the Holy Spirit to touch you and move you, even if it's five minutes a day, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but you set aside a place that you know is holy because you've created that place to be with God. You know, we're hungry to absorb more of him. And actually being in Raleigh and being with like-minded people, you know, we, we've realized that you don't have to go to Asbury to meet with God. He's here. You just have to be hungry. You don't have to be a young person, Gen Z, to encounter this holiness, this awe, this wonder. You just have to be hungry to pursue him and press in with all that we are. That's the how. How do we create holy atmospheres? By pursuing and pressing in. When do we do it? Well, all the time actually. But there's something about the protecting and persevering that I want to touch on. Again, we can't take things for granted. We know from our own lives the, the, the burdens that we carry. And actually when we have conversations with one another and we're going through a hard time, you know, as we share stories, we realize, well, you, know, you may be going through a hard time. Um, and then you realize, well, another person's going through a hard time. It's a different. It's different. Um, I don't know many people who are not being challenged at this time. And yet one of the things we can do is protect and persevere. Keep going in pursuing God. Keep holding on. Protecting those times that we have. Protecting the atmospheres that are around us. Being discerning and sensing those times when we're going into places where we know it's ungodly or something is not quite right. You know, one of the things that uh, Heather and I have done for some time, but we're much more alert to it, and this is you know, uh, Heather does have a greater discernment in this than, than I do. So, for example, if we're renting a car, we pray around it. We don't get in the car without praying. You know, we don't know what the, how the car's been used before us. We don't know the, the language or the conversations that's been in the car by the person who's used it before. We don't know whether they've driven carefully or dangerously. You know, whatever has gone on. But one thing we're clear when we sit in that car that's rented, we don't want anything that's not of God. So we say in the name, a simple prayer, in the name of Jesus, get out. And Holy Spirit, will you come and be with us and protect us as we drive? When we stay in a room, you know, whether it's a hotel room or, uh, or even a, 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 you know, anybody's room, we do the same. We want the atmosphere to be holy. Again, we don't know what's going on, but we don't want anything that's lingering. Uh, and we know ourselves, don't you? You go into a meeting, you, you can sense whether an atmosphere is good or bad. I'm sure we've all been in plenty of meetings where it just takes one person to be angry and aggressive and the whole atmosphere changes. But that doesn't mean we have to take on their aggression or their anger. It just means we need to be more discerning and protect ourselves. When do we do this? We need to do it all the time. We need to be alert. And we need to keep at it. You know, something that you know, I'm learning and God's teaching me. 
And when you fall short, you very quickly check in, God, I'm sorry. Would you come and just fill me again with your love, with your peace? And why do we do this? Because God has called us to partner with him. And that life of partner with him is not only pleasing him, but seeing his glory come. And he delights in us when we invite the holiness of heaven to fall into our space. And he loves it when from that place we go out in his name and do his will for his glory. Pursue and press in the how. Protect and persevere the when. Partner and please God the why. A holy atmosphere that he wants us to know, to live in, and to enjoy. And my encouragement for each one of us, don't let it be anything less. We're in this together, we can encourage one another. But don't let it be anything less. Holiness is not something that is so far removed from us. It is a gift of God and he wants us to live in the holiness that he has for us. To change the atmospheres around us. So when there are storms, we can stay in that place of peace. When things are hostile, we can still love. And the thing about it, we can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit's help. But he's there with us, working through us. And he wants to partner in everything we are and do. I'm going to finish by praying with us. And... I would just love you to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal any areas where you know the atmosphere is not quite right. You know, one of the things that I've found, I used to kind of love things like James Bond and all those films. I'm getting to a point where I just don't want to watch violence anymore. I don't know about you, but it's, what does it do? What does it feed the mind? It, It just is not great. And so we're really careful now with what we watch. If something comes on and thinks it's not good, turn it off. And that grips us all, what comes on the computer. Let's be mindful. In our homes, create space, put on worship music. When you're struggling, put on worship music. I saw Heather do it recently, just really struggling with something. Just like she went straight to the TV, YouTube, worship blaring out. We're learning that's the place and that's the atmosphere that changes everything. So it's in our hands and God has given us this gift. And we will see this community changed. Young and old, finding Jesus. Let's stand.